Buongiorno, hello, guten tag, hola, konnichiwa, how are you? Welcome to episode two of the Stev Mayo Show. I'll be honest, this is the second time I've done this take because I still can't do this thing with the E Street Band underneath my voice. And um, I came in from work and I showed it to Emily and she was like, nah, this intro ain't good enough. So now I've had to... (laughs) banish her from the flat and it's raining outside but she's downstairs and she's probably listening anyway let's see if i can turn it down now the mix yeah man i'm getting so professional on today's episode is all about lobsters uh two special get sorry about that noise i've got a human body um does these things as we all know um i've got a little competition for you if you guys can guess the amount of times that the word lobster is said in this episode and you're within 10 iterations of the word, you'll win a prize. And that prize is, I was going to get someone like a £20 voucher for uh, Burger Lobster because we talk about Burger Lobster in this episode. But I think it's going to have to be a date with me and Emily moment. So you're probably going to be someone I know. And if I like you enough, we'll probably take you out anyway to Burger Lobster in your nearest postcode because there's about 15 of them now. So if you can guess um, how many times Lobster said in this episode without counting, come on, let's not be complete dorks. I mean, I'm going to have to do that. So no one else should have to do that. You will win a date with me and my wife and anything can happen. (laughs) And also there's an amazing phone in (laughs) that you're really going to enjoy in the sort of, um, you know, second half of it. I really was pleased with the people that rang up. They were from all over the world. It was amazing. And also if you have any questions along with that, Half the show is probably going to get taken up by right, like phone-ins and questions as it goes on because other people are more interested in me. It can't just be about me every week talking crap and talking about what I know. You can write in to mahoneyandthemoment at gmail.com. I don't have a Stev Mayo podcast email yet because I've already got about 16 emails, which I can't keep on top of checking. You know, Terry Silver 89 at Hotmail is my favourite. That's the one I opened when I was 19, like everyone else, you know. And in case anyone listening doesn't know, uh, Terry Silver is the baddie in Karate Kid 3. So maybe there'll be some Terry Silver related stuff in the next episode. This is a really long intro, but I'm enjoying it. Oh, yeah. I've got one thing to play you that's not in the main body of the podcast. At the end of the podcast or the chat or the night out, and we met this bartender called Camille from Paris. And she has some input about lobsters right now just to, like, set us off. Um, So here is Camille. Camille, can I ask that again? Do you know anyone that cares about lobsters? Yes, my cat. Okay, <laughs> she's a performer. What's your cat's name? Pissy. Okay, is this real? This cat, this podcast is just my cat's name was Kitty. Kitty. No. Okay. I'm not. I'm not going to end on this note. I mean, not on that note. That's a great. Sorry, I was lying. I'm a dog person. I hate cats. Yeah. Yeah. What's your dog's name? She's dead, but she was called Odea, and she and she she was the most beautiful dog in the world. She looked like a wolf. She was black, all black. And she was all black, like her fur was all black, but she had little tiny like hairs, like white hairs, like mustache around her mouth. A dog. 
Thank you, Camille, um, from Tramshed. I think I should interview you in future. Lobster's not interesting because she went straight to something else, so that's what we've learned. Right, so as you can tell, things got a bit leery at the end. Thanks to everyone at the Tram Shed, it was a really good night. I really recommend the Onion Rings, as we're going to find out as the show goes on. But before we go into um, the first song, uh, we're going to play uh, a word from one of our sponsors that came in at the last minute. They rang me all the way from the States, all the way from 1987, in fact, at the last minute. So here's a word from our first sponsor, which is Soul Glow. And then you're going to hear from a songwriter called Josh Ritter. So enjoy everyone, please try and tune in and remember you can skip all the music and you can even skip this podcast and get on with your life if you want. But I think it's worth checking out if you're interested in fish. Alright, bye. Sexy. One, two, three. Just let your soul go. Just let it shine through. Just let your Mama gotta look at you and got a little worried. Papa gotta look at you and got a little worried. The pastor gotta look and said, y'all are better hurry. Send her off to a little Bible college in Missouri. And now you come back saying you know a little bit about every little thing they ever hoped you'd never figure out. Eve ate the apple because the apple was sweet. Kind of God would ever keep a girl from getting what she needs. And I'm getting ready to get down. Getting ready to get down. Getting ready to get down. Now people cross the street when you walk in their direction Talk between the teeth and throw an epithets And the doctor thinks the devil must have got you by your senses But to live the way you please doesn't sound like possession It's four long years studying the Bible Infidels, Jezebel, Salomas and Delilahs Back off the bus in your own hometown So you didn't like but then you probably won't like me now But I'm getting ready to get down I'm getting ready to get down I'm getting ready to get down all the men of the country club, the ladies of the zilla are talking about love Like it's sapphire liberty to really be a saint You gotta really be a virgin, dry as a page of the King James Version No la la's, no hell yes, no I can't wait So gotta see you again, just turn the other cheek Take no chances, Jesus hates your high school dances So they sent you off to Bible school You learned a little more than they had heard was in the golden rule Be good to everybody Be a strength to the weak Be a joy to the joyful Be the laughter and the grief And give your love freely To whoever that you please Don't let nobody tell you About the who you ought to be And when you get damned In the popular opinion It's just another damn Of the damn you're not given the night I'm getting ready to get down Getting ready to get down Getting ready to get down Mama gotta look at you and got a little worried Papa gotta look at you and got a little worried The pastor gotta look and said y'all are better hurry Send her off to a little Bible college in Missouri And now you come back saying you know a little bit about Every little thing they ever hoped you'd never figure out The bread, see the dead, see the sermon on the mound If you wanna see a miracle, watch me get down now Getting ready to get down Getting ready to get down Getting ready to get down 
Ready to get down by Josh Ritter here at the tram shed in Shoreditch. Don't even know if this is going to work um, because it's so loud. But you know, we're in a little cubby hole. If anyone ever goes to the tram shed in Shoreditch, there's a tiny little cub- cubby hole in the top left of the restaurant. And depending on how legendary this interview becomes, you can go there and like there'll be artifacts and maybe we'll write our name on the wall before we leave. Um, I'm here with Annabelle and Emily. Do you guys want to say who you are? I'm here with these two American women in Shoreditch. Don't know how this has happened. But, um, Emily, who are you? On the street. <laughs> I'm Emily. <laughs> You're going to have to be a bit louder. I can't. I'm Emily's saving her voice because she's a voice actress. She's not taking this seriously enough. <laughs> I'm saving my voice because it's not in good shape. And um... well, I'm just, I'm just going to interview Annabelle tonight. Okay, so Annabelle, who are you? Hi, I'm Annabelle, and uh, I'm friends of yours, and recent recent friends, but good friends, I think. Our recent foray was, what was the restaurant that we went to? Um, Joe Allen in Covent Garden, which is the most New York-y restaurant I know. So I, I'm from New York, and that's kind of how we bonded, and I met Steve through this and that, bits and bobs, as they say. Canvas events. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I, I don't got much. I'm, yes, you do. You have everything. I'm pleased to be here. I'm so delighted. Do you want to so who she is and where she's from? Yeah. <laughs> what time? I'm originally from Connecticut. Spent the last five years in New York, working in New York in the arts. I'm here in London working in the arts with my husband, Brian, who is an architect and whose job brought us over. And Shout out to Brian. Shout out to Brian. He's in Shanghai. Hey, Shanghai. He's a big deal really big deal really broad shoulders anyway wow he does have broad shoulders <laughs> i haven't seen him in she needs those broad shoulders Stop. get back anyway. tonight we're going to be talking about seafood lobsters in particular so when i first met annabelle and i know emily quite well um there came a debate about seafood these women are both from the northeastern seaboard of the united states and lobsters are becoming in fashion in london we're not in a lobster restaurant but the tram shed is like a restaurant where they have chickens whole and they just bring them to your table and it's all hipsters and city boys um so we're going to talk about lobsters and the reason we've done it and i don't think any of us are prepared are because um annabelle's done a lot of research what is your research um, last night I cooked a lobster myself alone, putting it in the pot, ending its brief and glorious. So it was alive. It, it was alive. alive. See, all right, I don't know that. Although, new fun fact: I called my dad because he was getting very slow. He had lost a leg. The fish store was dubious, and I was concerned about the quality of of the lobster and that he he might die any minute. So I was hurriedly boiling the water. I called my dad. And he said that technically, if you know when it dies and it's within a few minutes, within it's an hour, you're fine. The problem with cooking a dead lobster is, in fact, 
because you don't usually know how long it's been it's dead. Poisonous. And if it's been dead for a long time, a couple hours or longer, I mean, I'm guessing there, but that's the real threat is if you don't know how long it's been dead. Your dad knows about lobsters? And is that true what you just said? Your dad is getting slow? What was that? What do you mean? <laughs> Lobster is getting slow. Oh, I thought I didn't know how, if I had to be real serious there. I called my dad. <laughs> that would have been it a... It wasn't her dad that's losing a leg. Like a dad's like Forrest Gump when he loses his legs, like Lieutenant Dan. Wouldn't that be so selfish if my dad's like having yeah, a rough go and I'm like, slow, but dad, lost a leg. But dad, can but I... I just want to know how to cook a I just need to know if it boils for 15 or for 10. <laughs> that must make him feel pretty good though because he's still in your life as a daughter. Um, very, we're very close. We're very, very close. But both my parents, um, both of my parents have cooked many, many lobsters. My mother is great. She'll, she'll pray and cover the thing. Um, and I was surprised because it didn't really fight back. It was actually much easier because it was a sad lobster. It didn't seem like it was a sad lobster. Good to involve your parents, everyone at home, in a good way, not just when things have gone wrong. When you say, Emily. My dad has the best bit of the world. He just hears from me on Father's Day and his birthday to say hi. He knows about lobsters, doesn't he? He lives in uh, Maine, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he knows a bit about lobsters. Uh, lobsters are very personal. It's a very intimate thing, a lobster, cooking, eating. It's one of the, probably the most commonly self-killed things that people eat and cook. I mean, if you think about it, like, what else do we cook? Most of us don't shoot our own food and then eat it. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. And most other seafood we get, apart from maybe mussels, yeah. is already Mollusks dead don't when we get it. a lot of affects. <laughs> see, see, if I told you about the lobsters needing to be alive thing, because I told you the story about how the people in the kitchen where I used to work used to clip them. I remember. Off the hot boiling pot of water and just wait until they let go. Very cruel. It was like ultimately com committing suicide rather than horrible. It's a bit Simpsonian. She's worked, Emily's worked with a lot of dicks. Well, you could say it's a deflection of responsibility. So ultimately you're saying, let the lobster make the choice, but they have no other choice. But are lobsters cognitive? I mean, they are more or less cockroaches, so no is what I'd say. Really, is that right? So I've yeah, leading on from that. I've got a question from my friend and colleague Kat Gilmore, okay, who works at Canvas Events, but she's about to go travelling around the world, and and she's very emotional about wildlife. So let's just see if this works. I'm going to play this. Interesting fact about lobsters and why I don't eat them. Lobsters have one best friend in their whole life, one companion. How do you know that? And when it's when they're killed, they are. Depressed. How do you know any of that? Like, they're not cooking either, are they? That's true. Oh, that's just like a little fairy tale. No, it's true. That's actually true. Sorry. Right, I hope you could hear that at home, but um, Annabelle and Emily couldn't, so... Um, while I play that to them, we're going to play a record. What's your favourite record at the moment, Annabelle, that we could play? Uh, oh, I really like this song. Well, Brian just listened to the Bonnie Bear, and he's nuts about that. But I'm going to say that my new favourite track that I found just now is uh, Diane's Looking for Knives. Okay, here we go. It's Diane with a Y, Looking for Knives. And we're going to look for um, what Kat said, because we couldn't hear it. Thank you. 
Diane with Looking for Knives. So, what do we think of Kat's question or statement or whatever that was? I mean, it's, I think she might be talking about penguins, but I think... But lobsters, too. It's, I, a, it's a friend's fact. If you've ever watched uh, the lobster episode, I believe, season one, <laughs> Phoebe does this whole thing about lobster and, and Ross's Rachel's... Oh, well, fact from the show Friends. Yeah. So. Yeah, but it says that not she said friends that it's a that you have fr- a friend for life, which is a very PC term. But they say that you they mate for life. Okay. I thought. Okay. Similar to penguins. Also, also. I don't know. I suppose I should preface my response by saying I don't actually care about animals whatsoever. Oh God, Emily, Jesus. 
Okay, well I like fish, so let's say that. And I'd like to preface my uh, answer as I do not know, and I am not stating this as an authority. I don't believe that lobsters are cognitive, so that's that cat. I'm sure they have like feelings in the sense of depression. Like they may... Yeah, I can't speak to that. If in that case, I wish I was a lobster. So I'm going to crack on with some questions now that we've done the cat question. Moms, lobster moms. Did you know that when they catch lobsters, there are certain reasons I have to throw it back? Mainly size, so it can't be too small, it can't be too big. But if a woman lobster has eggs that are show, showing on the outside, you have to throw it back because that's what repopulates. There's been a really big issue, and there's some interesting work around um, hatcheries and, and making sure that lobsters are sustainable. And I'd say 10 years ago or more. There was a real issue, and now, now, like this summer, they couldn't even they didn't even have crab because everyone was just catching lobsters. That's another whole other tangent. But females, there are a lot of people who request having females specifically. I mean, that's a fun funny thing you wouldn't know unless you worked in a seafood restaurant. There are people who actually request to have a female lobster so that you can have what females have on the inside. The row. The row. So that. Like caviar. Yeah, well, it is effectively caviar. It is lobster caviar. Yeah. But if so you if delicate. But if you if you catch a lobster and you scrape what they call it scraping, you take off the eggs and throw it like keep it, then you can be fined for some exorbitant amount. But I just learned that from a book that Brian got. But like on taking the tusks off an off an elephant or something. Or... Yeah, but I think but it's more like reproductive and many people. It's I mean it's self defeating because if you want there to be lobsters next year you're not going to follow that practice because it means there's fewer lobsters born i think all this is telling me is that you've done a lot of research annabelle more than i'd expect and all you know the people that are going to hear this are probably going to be searching for lobster in itunes and maybe they like lobster porn on something you, and sit in their shorts looking at lobsters this was going to be an educational podcast can you ladies name the best lobster you've ever had Emily, do you want to go first? You look keen. The best actual lobster or the best... See, originally this was starting as a lobster... Lobster. Well, both lobster roll, because as we'll find out later, I'm into lobster roll because it's less complicated to eat. So your best lobster in total... We're, we, we could do a lobster roll special late, later if I get desperate for episodes. Um, but yeah, so Emily's thinking about it right now. Um, while she's thinking about it, I'm going to tell you about um, my journey over here. I've got the 55 bus from Holborn to Shoreditch. Never, ever do that between 5 and 8 on a weekday. And if you're not in London, don't ever come to London anyway, because it's a bit too congested and stressful. Um, Emily's still thinking about it. She's had a lot of lobsters. Um, so the question again for anyone that's, you know, they've uh, got some, you know, they've lost the will to live. Can you name the best lobster you've ever had, Emily? All right, well... The snobby answer is to say that the smaller lobsters are sweeter um, and therefore tastier. So um, if you get it fresh, the smaller one and a half pound lobster is going to be really nice, which is what we tend to get when we're in Maine. It comes fresh out of the water, straight into the pot. You make it same night that it comes out of the ocean. And those are the best that you can get. No, sorry, go ahead. It was beautiful. It's a very snobby podcast, to be honest. Though. No, no, people like lobsters. No, it's good. Annabelle's prepared. Day, got notes. I worked for a company uh, where uh, we got 
points for, you know, good service and, you know, if you, I don't know. You got free money. Does that mean sexual assault in the workplace? Does that mean uh, snoochies in the back door of the workplace? You're good at your job. You got, um, you know, brownie points and stuff. And uh, you could spend them at other restaurants where there are three pound lobsters, four pound lobsters. You can get them baked and stuffed. And it's very gluttonous, but is also delicious. So I used to really enjoy that in New York. Where was that? Atlantic Grill? We used to, uh, we used to use it at a place called Blue Water Grill in New York. And I have to say, I really, really did enjoy it. But ultimately, the best lobsters are probably the ones we used to source yeah, in Maine, at my cabin in Maine, where we, you would just get it at the local kind of seafood place. They'd pull it in the morning at 4 o'clock, and you'd just bring it to the dinner table at night. So already Emily is saying, go to Maine for a serious lobster. But in New York City, you went to a place called what? Blue Water Grill for an actual, like, full-size lobster. I, there's a different place I would recommend for a lobster roll in New York. Okay, so we'll only sell this podcast in America. Um, <laughs> because I don't know how many Americans are going to be listening to this. If we're talking lobster rolls in New York, it has to be Pearl's Oyster Bar, which is down in the West Village. That is the classic place, and they are, it's good atmosphere, and um, the flavor is really, really nice. Well, we're going to get to the bun, right? Because I would say we're fairly inexperienced in London, but we'll talk about our London experiences in a minute. But Annabelle, your favorite lobster ever? I would like to answer your first question, which is, can you name the best lobster you've ever had? And my answer is simply no, I cannot. Because I've had I've had many, but the best, 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 without a doubt. Well, just the top three are the ones that, uh, yeah, the the ones that uh, came out from the co-op that day. You walk down and you pull it out of the water. The co-op, the chain of um, supermarkets in London. Yeah, fab place to get a lobster. I highly recommend it. There's one on off. Um the uh, Hangar Lane roundabout, isn't there? Yeah, the you check also out. get like a cold two-day-old egg sandwich. Yeah, North Alt roundabout. Check out the lobsters in that co-op. Uh, yeah, best lobster, Maine. But I also had a very good lobster winter, New Year's Eve in, from Connecticut, surprisingly. Very good yeah. lobsters in Connecticut, but very similar fishing practices. And I'm not surprised. I'd have thought they'd be better in Connecticut than in New York. F, no, because the water no? is way... So there's oh, a certain right. temperature and there's, uh, yeah, there's a certain temperature in, that you want to get good lobsters and the colder water, I think, breeds that. I mean, again, this is, this is out of my depth. <laughs> oh, no. So, um, before we carry on, we want to acknowledge that um, the onion rings, a tram shed in Shoreditch, the salt and vinegar onion rings is a great dish. I think you just said it was the best onion ring you've ever had. One of Exceptional, yeah. Also, I have to say I appreciate the portion and I appreciate the fact that my hands... We asked for a large. Yeah, but usually you don't really have an option of asking for, like, a large or a small. Usually I just find there's neither too much batter and it falls apart in your hands and the onion just separates. Yes. Or your fingers are covered in grease. The consistency. Or the battered ones in the kebab shops, which is just homemade and just put them in a fryer. Yeah, but that doesn't even count, does it? What, What are those even made of? Right, my next question I think is quite fitting. And I think Annabelle's going to get passionate now. You're quite a nice lady tonight, Annabelle. I was expecting you to be really passionate and, like, opinionated. I thought I was very passionate about the scraping. You were, you were. But, um... I had the oven ring. 
We're going to talk about lobsters in England, and then we're going to have a word from our sponsors. And I think the question is, have you ever had a lobster in England, and what is your experience? We'll start with Annabelle this time. I've had two lobsters in England. The first was a lobster roll, and it was from Lobster and Burger. It's like the same thing. There can't possibly be someone no, who tried to do. No, actually, there was a place in Fitzrovia. There was a place in Fitzrovia called Steak and Lobster. Oh, that's the place. And we went there, and it's in a hotel. So you didn't go there. Okay. Burger Lobster in um, Soho. Mayfair. There's a new one in Mayfair. Okay, tell us about it. It was delightful. It was delightful. Lobster roll. Yeah, and it was well buttered on the outside. It was well. It did. Ha- it was a mayo. There were two types of lobster rolls. I mean, Emily's your aficionado. I don't often go. I'm kind of a snob and I, a purist, I would say. And I go straight for the boiled lobster. Don't even get me. Started. Have you ever had that in England? A boiled lobster? Yes, yeah. I made one last night. But yeah, in public. Because you made it American style, because you're American. No, because usually they fuck it up and it tastes weird, like chemicals. Even in Maine, I don't like eating boiled lobster. Like, we got one with our friends who are from Ohio, Central State, and um, it was fine. I'm sorry, Andy Leslie, I should have told you this, but it tasted funny to me. I mean, it was great, and you dip it in butter. What, so a friend cooked you a shit lobster in Ohio? Is that what's going down? No, no, no. We went to this lovely little shack, and we had this kind of great meal outdoors and it's like you go up to the window and there's like the 15 high school girls inside and like five of them are taking your order at different periods and it takes 30 minutes to get even your like cola um yeah so sounds shit very traditional <laughs> drive-in place it was lovely in bucksport maine check it out but i didn't think the lobster was that good i don't like eating lobster unless i cooked it myself but this lobster was very, I was very impressed. And I also do not condone eating grilled lobster because it totally Fs with the flavor of what the lobster actually is. Again, I'm like a crazed purist. The, that smoky flavor just does nothing for me. Let me do an interlude because we're knee deep in lobster. I want to tell you about those onion rings were good, but I feel extremely greasy now, five minutes later. How do you feel, I mean, Emily? I hear what you're saying, but there's still some left in the bowl, and I probably would just finish it. You would? I mean, when you're... Something I've learned over the years, when you're really eating something, you're addicted to that salt. So, for example, when I'm eating crisps, if you stop for one minute, then you can feel who you really are. You know what I mean? And then you stop. And, like, you know, once I ate 50 nuggets in 20 minutes, um, you know about this, don't you, Emily? The Nuggathon I did in 2007. I was about 26 years old. It's ridiculous. I wasn't, like, 15. And when you, after 20 minutes, your stomach realises you're full. So now I want to ask the question, isn't it fitting that lobsters are better in New England than in Old England? And are they, Emily? Yeah, I mean, the answer is yes. So that's it. But is that fitting? Why is that? What do you mean? I thought it was funny when I wrote that question. Do you still think it's it's funny? What do you think of New England versus Old England? Why don't we go there? We're in Old England. In case you didn't know. Let me just... 
Can we just finish off with a couple of points about the lobster and then just forget about the lobsters? No one wants to hear this much about lobsters. But I will say two things we haven't covered. <laughs> which Annabelle agrees with. Annabelle's got more material. There's going to be a DVD extra of Annabelle for three <laughs> hours talking about lobsters. Is that the, one of the most crucial crucial elements of the actual lobster, apart from the fact that the lobster is fresh, which you shouldn't even have to say. Every time we say lobster at home, have a drink. <laughs> is the bun. And this is one of the ultimate differences between the New England and yeah. Old England. Yeah. Is that Old England, and this I think part of this has to do with the burger craze that's going on in London for the last five years, yeah. is obsessed with the brioche bun. So the fucking stuff anything in that brioche bun including a lobster roll and that is not how a lobster roll is meant to be made it goes in a standard side old ballpark hot dog bun which has both sides chopped off grilled and buttered within a, an inch of their life right on either side that is what it's supposed to be stuffed with and it makes all the difference and the second thing i will say is that um Dan Pashman, who does the Sportful podcast, often says it's about bite consistency versus bite variety. So when you're biting into a lobster roll, there are some people who will either stuff it full of so much lobster that you have to take several bites where there's no bun, no celery, no lettuce, no anything else involved. And that's not quite good. You want to get a little bit of bite consistency with each bite. Yeah, what's your favorite lobster bite in a lobster roll? Because you can have a bite with just butter and bread, can't you? Let's be honest. I think I've had one. A nice kind of fluffy, fresh bit of good. This is somehow become <laughs> sexual. A good thick, thick, <laughs> fresh, tearing, sweet, so a thick, <laughs> smooth bite. You need a little bit of crunch of some celery. Hopefully, there's some good, just basic, very simple spice. Some old bay seasoning, salt and pepper, lemon. So men at home, if you want to meet an American woman, put some <laughs> celery in your pants with a bit of salt and vinegar, and you're there. And that bun just needs to be perfect. <laughs> don't, wear, don't wear jeans that are too big for you. Um, okay, that's a lot to digest. I think it's time to absolutely move No, you're not in charge, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about my lobster experience, which is limited. The best lobster I've ever had was a lobster roll in Washington, D.C. I'm not crazy about it myself. I prefer a lobster roll to a lobster. I'm too inexperienced and inadequate, and I haven't got the patience when I'm hungry to pull apart a lobster. Me and Emily went to the Big Easy in Chelsea about a month ago, and we've been there a few times. Um, and I was hungry, and I'd had two um, margaritas, and I think, I don't know, I was charging my phone and my brain, so I ate like... Um, I ate this, well, what did I have? I had, I had a lobster roll really fast, and you spent the next 40 minutes eating your lobster. And I don't know, couples out there, do you ever get impatient with your partner? Do you eat at a similar pace? Do you and Brian eat at a similar pace? Yeah, but if you're dealing with a boiled, boiled lobster versus a lobster roll, that's not fair. So is it antisocial to eat a whole lobster when the other person's got a burger or a lobster roll? I would say that, again, there's a lot of, there's like deeper issues. That you're like a out. politician tonight. I want to get some strong opinions. The, this is, no, there's deeper issues that come out when you, when it comes to lobster. How, do you eat it at a restaurant? Do you cook it at home? Do you kill it yourself? Do you have that intimate moment before it dies and then you put it in the pot? I mean, how do you eat it? Do you, like my mother, take forever 
to consume it where everyone is sitting just like eyes blazing at the last like morsels that she's picked from her this lobster. This is also exactly how my mother eats. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is, it just brings up all the dynamic, relational dynamics. The racial dynamic. It brings, it brings out an incredible racist racial. lobsters. Relational, not racial, relational dynamic among people. Like it can be incredibly like sexy with all the like butter dripping down and like using your fingers and it's very kind of, yeah. Especially like if you like made it at home and it's all steamy in the room and the windows are fogged up as they get when you've just boiled five pounds of lobster. So you like it as an aphrodisiac having a lobster? Whereas I find it's a good test for couples, what I just said. So, London listeners, we haven't catered to you quite a lot recently. But I want to say, if you go to Burger Lobster on a date, have someone have the burger, someone have the lobster. And then, you know, see how long it takes the person to eat the lobster. And you could also see a lot about your relationship with if you help the other person eat that lobster. Because it's very hard to get a lot of meat out of the lobster. Um, So, we've established that... My thing is a lobster roll in Washington, D.C. The lobster roll in um, the Big Easy was pretty fine, but small. So They're for me... Smaller, and they don't naturally serve them with drawn butter, which also makes me feel like they don't really know what's going on. Oh. So I have to ask for it, and then they're a little bit... But that's the Big Easy. They haven't got lobsters on the name of the restaurant. Um, so I, I do have a big question. When you say drawn butter, is that that crap where they take out all the salty part of the butter? No, no, it's just melted butter. Melted, melted butter. I have a really big um, bone to pick with most places that serve lobster. When they give you the butter, what they've given you is like the scraped oil off the top where there's no... Yeah, there's a lot of places more... Oil off of what? Basically, when you melt butter, all the like good salty stuff, the cloudy stuff sinks yes. to the bottom, and the top is like more just oil and fats. It's like actually, it's just like pure oil. So a lot of places, what they do is they melt so much butter to fish to spoon out into the ramekins for you to then dip your lobster in. They do this with basically anything you need, like a ramekin of butter. Well, only in the states, right? But um, what happens is what you get served is just the no salt, fat, grease part, and you don't actually get that like delicious, the kind of rich, creamy, salty part at the bottom. That's what that's what really rustles my feathers. I've I've really decided that I have the taste buds of a trucker, like very broad, very unrefined. No. <laughs> Your mum's listening. Everybody smoked in the park when you're 13 with a bit of cider. What did you do in America to break into, you know, being naughty and stuff? When you're 13, 14, you smoked, drink cider. What else did you do, Emily? You don't drink cider, do you? It when literally you're was the, the most, like, yeah. innocent thing. <laughs> if you're like, mom, I was out drinking cider. Bear in mind that drinking is more taboo isn't it here your dad get, gives you a drink when you're 13 in america you have to go to a house party when you're 19 just to get a drink and yeah. then you drink a whole keg and then you get your stomach pumped so it's a bit dysfunctional <laughs> but what did you drink emily when you were 13 we used to um emily was a naughty child 
We had a supplier, so we used to get quite a lot of really terrible stuff that I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole now. So for the beer, we used to drink things like Red Dog and Ice House, which are absolutely... Other Is that an alcohol pop? Here we had uh, two dogs or something, or... Um... No, they're not refined in anywhere. It's disgusting beer. And... Um, we used to get loads and loads of like Captain Morgan's, also something I wouldn't drink now, and very sweet stuff because that's what young Diageo shout out. Young kids are into; they just want sweet things. Goldschlagers, we used to, just horrible, just got Malibu, anything you could just mix with soda and juice and. It tastes like not alcohol. Here it's alcohol pops, and the drinks companies take advantage of it. You know, um, it's funny how as you get older, your taste buds change, and then you drink strong coffee in the morning, you drink brandy and you know that's just before you get out of bed so like you know um anyway we're segmented i'm gonna finish the lobster conversation i think it's over i'm gonna celebrate by playing the song rock lobster by the b-52s i didn't plan that but i just thought of that i've watched the video before and it's a really cool video but it's actually about eight minutes long um so rock lobster here we go by the b-52s and we're back in two secs So that was Rock Lobster by the B-52s. I've edited it. I know it's like a seven-minute song, but you get the idea after three minutes, which is where I've edited it. This episode is sponsored by um, Fever Tree Tonic Water, which is doing very well in London at the moment, isn't it? It's naturally light, so you don't even have to ask for a diet tonic. Okay, it's a Fever Tree and Durex. Durex, uh, check out the website, Extended Pleasure 24 Pack. It's $17.99. Um, Mutual Climax 24 pack is 16.99, including VAT. Um, Mutual Climax is really, you know, a utopian thing, wouldn't you thought, Emily? Tell me more about it. A Mutual Climax when you finish at exactly the same time. It has happened before. Is, is Durex promising to actually make Mutual Climax? Happen? Well, maybe we should buy a pack. Everybody at home, 
Turex Mutual Climax. It's only, it'll only cost you £17 for these condoms. Write in, leave it in the comments, see how it went. Yeah. And also Durex Tickle Me 24 pack, 16.99. Durex Extra Safe 24 pack, also 12.99. Well, no, I haven't said 12.99. And then the Pleasure Ring and Play Lube offer is only 9.49. So thanks to Durex and thanks to Viva Tree Tonic Water. I'm gonna go to the phones. So make sure you can hear. The first caller we've got is Adrian from Alabama. Adrian, are you there? Hey y'all, how you doing today? I'm going to make it pretty quick, it's a long distance call. Uh, Annabelle, how have you done this? How have you live in England? The food is so bad. What food do you miss most about the good old United States of America? Thank you. Thanks, Adrian. Annabelle. What food do I miss from the United States? Oh, Lord, have mercy. Um... Probably. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I can't even. I'm insulted, and everyone should be insulted that I didn't know this right away. Mexican food, obviously. It's just. It's not even. It's a. It pales. Don't like Chiquitos? I don't even know what you just said. But whatever Mexican. It's on Leicester Square. I will try it, and I will certainly be disappointed. I would love to know if there anyone has a place that's like the go-to. I, I the place in Notting Hill. Everyone says is amazing. Taquitos. No, Chiquitos is like the McDonald's here. Taqueria. I don't know. Maybe it's called Taqueria. I don't know. There's a place in Notting Hill that's supposed to be good. I've had a couple places where it's not embarrassing how bad it is. It's fine. But I miss Mexican food so deeply that my gut has just started, like, burning. Yeah, they're all... Go to Upper Street. Upper Street's got a lot of places. All right. Thanks, Adrian. Adrian, put the phone down because it's probably a long-distance call and you can't afford it. Okay, we've got AJ from Harleston who's calling in. Um, AJ. My question is for both the ladies tonight. Um, how about you come over my place, innit? Come over Harleston. I've got a barbecue. I know it's nearly November, but, like, I keep you warm, innit? Let me know. I ain't got no questions. Okay, 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 Nathan. Um, so do you want to go to a barbecue in Halton with a random guy who's just called in? No, thank you. Okay, it's probably safer that way. Um, and then, okay, let's go to line six. Let's see what we have here. Oh, wow, that's some sort of prank call. Let's forget about that. Oh, my God. The phone lines are open. Anyone could call. We'll take one more. It's not going very well. How many how many callers are there? No, there's two more calls. All right, and then we've got who have we got here? <laughs> okay, we got Seamus from Belfast. Seamus from Belfast. So um, I'd be grateful if you get that right. Uh, my question for Annabelle. I've been to London myself a few times. Um, not impressed at all. So Annabelle, what would you do to um, improve the cuisine? Um, is there any particular thing that's even any good at all? Um, that's all for me. Um, I'm obviously not a priority because I'm last call. So. Okay, okay, thank you, thank you. I, I would... Shut up. <laughs> 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 Bless 
What was his name? Seamus. Seamus from Donegal. Thanks. Seamus, call me later. Husband's out of town. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, w- I would take the the salad cream out of. It just should not exist. It's actually an affront to every man, woman, and child in this country. It's unnecessary. Like, if you go to, I won't name the brand of um, of a private club that this is, but you should be ashamed that you use salad cream in the manner in which you use salad cream, and you know who you are. And I, I just, I still can't get over it. But that's. My number one thing, if you got rid of that, you'd be much better off. Patty and bun, I know it's supposed to be a great place, but I don't eat a lot of um, red meat anymore. So I got their... Patty and bun's a great burger. No, but I got their, their veg burger, and it, well, it was like the the poor cousin to... Well, no, it was just like a rip-off of the steak, or the Shake Shack um, portobello burger stuffed with cheese. And it's just, that isn't good either. Like, you have to rip off so much of the garbage in that. I'm just... And, and that actually will be my final closing word on lobster is eat it fresh, eat it out of lobster, maybe eat it in a roll with a light bit of mayo, if at all, mainly with butter. But don't stuff it. Don't eat it in something creamy. And for God's sakes, yeah, don't put a breadcrumb near that shit. Okay, well, thank you to our callers this week. Um, that was really great. Um, I'll let you know. Uh, sorry, everyone else is on the line. I know there's a couple of people, but we can't say any more calls, especially if, the, if it's that heavy, heavy breather guy. Um, I've got some questions that have been sent in by email. Hi, Steve. It's that girl from the beach in Magaluf. Remember the one who lost her top and had to walk back to the hotel topless? How are you doing? Um, <laughs> I think you've got the wrong podcast. Uh, can you write to another one? I'm going to move on from that question. Um, Steve, when are you going to get a life and have some kids? Love, Mum. Okay, let's not answer that one. Let's play a song. Um... Annabelle is a big fan of Bruce Springsteen, like I am. We've never played Bruce Springsteen on this podcast apart from the intro credits. <laughs> right? So, Annabelle, is there a Springsteen song you'd like to play, or do you want to tell us about your favourite Bruce Springsteen song? You had one at your wedding, right? I did. No more lobsters. I did. I, I sang to my husband, uh, Tougher Than The Rest. I love that song. All right, Tougher Than The Rest by Bruce Springsteen. Springsteen's actually in London. He might be in here right now if we got out of this cubbyhole. He was signing his book last night at Waterstones. So this is Tougher Than The Rest, one of the greatest songs of all time. Well, certainly about love by Bruce Springsteen. Enjoy.
not here but i suppose i'm going to interview you for now annabelle so what's your best food experience in london in public could you recommend any restaurants or any meals you've had i know you don't you had a disagreement with one of my friends about uh, the general standard is not very good yeah i mean i appreciate that uh london cuisine is deaf as as i understand it's improved it is improved but that is not any way to argue that it's it's better than uh it's better than doncaster it's better than Beirut, probably. It's probably better than uh, Baghdad at the moment, but not as good as like New York or where else has got better cuisine than London? What cities? 
Oh gosh, I mean, I'd probably say LA. That has a really good corner in the market of uh, Asian food, but also Mexican food and um, Mexican food hasn't landed in England, but that's because we're not as obsessive with it as America. But it's because we're more curry because of our immigrants here are Indian, Sri Lankan, Pakistan, whatever. Yeah. And in America, it's more Mexican, you know, South American, Cuban. So, is it to do with who's nearby? Yeah. It, I didn't realize how much I was going to miss Latin American, Mexican culture, and... I like a Cuban sandwich with no cheese. Delicious, amazing. Um, I, I mean, I, I grew up, like, I went to a high school that was, um, I was a minority after uh, Puerto Rican kids. Really? Yeah. In Connecticut? Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I thought Connecticut was very posh. It is in some parts, but it also has some of the, It actually, I think, is one of those states that has the most wealthy... Uh, county in the entire United States as well as the poorest or yeah. something yeah. so I mean that's, that's America in a nutshell that's yeah. that vast fissure between the very very wealthy and the very very poor but the food's great yeah. but what is the best London dish you could recommend you mentioned patty and bun you went to burger lobster roast dinners are a good thing in London aren't they oh, on a Sunday Oh, yeah, that's What's great. the best roast you've had? Oh, man. I don't think I've had anything memorable of... Re- I mean, they're all... I love them all because it's gravy and it's the Yorkshire pudding and it's... Um, you can just, like, drown that and then lots of veggies and... Yeah, it's great. Um, there she is, Emily Moman. What's the best dish you've ever had in London that you could recommend? I'll give you a second to think about that. Emily tonight's wearing a tie and a waistcoat. She looks like a snooker player, but in a sexy way. Really um, sexy way. Annabelle, what are you wearing? It, nothing worth comment. No, but it's not as easy to describe. It's a kind of... It's a button-down and black jeans. It's literally yeah. easy to describe. And I'm wearing a Baywatch t-shirt and um, a flat cap because my hair is terrible at the moment. Emily, what's the best dish you've ever had in London that you recommend to our listeners? The meal that we actually... Goodman? The first meal at Goodman. Okay, so this, the sequels haven't... It's a bit like The Godfather. The second one was more complicated and the third one was terrible. Is that what happened? Not terrible, but I think that the first one was the best. And what did we have? Steak and a burger? I had steak and we had a similar starter to the one we ordered last time, which was lobster, but I'm not convinced it wasn't frozen this last time. Ooh. Mm. Wow, Ramsay would have been right in there. The chips, those chips, the beef dripping chips, those were... So you didn't say it at the time because it was my birthday. When you asked me my favourite meal, the first thing I thought of is Best Mongol on North End Road. It's incredible. Again, I don't... Yeah, it's so, so good and the guys there are lovely. Fantastic. Best Mongol. When we were finding our place, the realtor actually said, Cheap and cheery best Turkish food in the area and she's spot on. She's great. So what have we learned tonight before I finish up? Um, from my perspective it seems like lobster rolls are better than lobsters for the overall convenience, especially in London. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure that you've learned that Steve. I'm pretty have sure I been are, listening? I'm pretty sure your contention What have you learned? Start was that I've learned, I've re-remembered that there's something as a snooker player or a snooker dealer 
in the world. We snooker. We watch snooker. We watch snooker when we're hungover, because just to hear the click, <laughs> click, it's a really relaxing sound, <laughs> like, <laughs> and it goes on for absolutely like, hours. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's the sound of just the cue. You know, oh, right, hitting the ball. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but it's well, it's pool, but it's just a giant, a giant, extra giant pool table. English pool. And it has a different set of rules for how you play it. I'm sure Steve could explain this much better than I could. But um, you know, and there's a lot of kind of grace about it. You know, all the the balls get polished in between each kind of uh, set. What it's I don't even know what the proper terminology. Is. Snooker's complicated. Americans are never going to understand it. So now we're going to go on to a quick fire round. Um, so the first question is, what's your favourite sandwich? Still on food. Actually, let's skip that one today because we've done a lot of food. Oh, God, Emily. What's your favourite 80s movie? Emily doesn't answer questions like that. Annabelle? Maybe 16 Candles. Oh, War Games, War Games, War Games. War Games, and that's fitting for the time we're in because life is a big game of War Games. Um, what do you think of the situation in Syria? Sorry? What do you think of the situation in Syria? I can't even... Can't talk about that in a lobster podcast, I understand. Um, if you were a Kevin Bacon film, which film would you be? Clerks, awkward, black and white, and that's about it. Emily, if you're a Kevin Bacon film, which one would you be? I thought you were going to say awkward and black. I was like, wow. Flatliners? <laughs> I don't think I've seen Flatliners. I think I made you watch it and you weren't impressed. Oh, I do remember. That's where they resurrect the dead or whatever yeah. with Kiefer Sutherland. Um, and I think I'm going to go for Wild Things. I really enjoy Wild Things, you know. It came out when I was 15. I discovered wanking and stuff, and that was really good. The three-way, yeah, it was really good. Come on. He gets his knob out. Kevin Bacon gets his knob out in it. He's a baddie. No, Dylan's in it and Kevin Bacon. They, they partner up, and then one kills the other on a boat. Great film, Wild Things. Is that that girl that was married to Charlie Sheen in it also? Yeah. yeah um, what's her name? Ke- Ke- Kim? No. No. Denise, Denise, Denise Richards. Richards. Every man wants to reenact that scene. Um, we learned anything? Do you feel good about this podcast? I feel great. You did a good Do you? You've been such an accommodating host. Yeah, I think I've been all right. I love spending time with my friend Emily. <laughs> Me too. I'm not sure about Emily's performance. Uh, I'm not sure about you. <laughs> tough crowd over here. Mm, we're hard on each other. Okay, so from now I'm going to segue over to a song that I've discovered recently by Connor Oberst and the Mystic Valley Band. This isn't very musical, this episode, so let's play a bit of music. Although I got some bad feedback about the music. There was too much of it. Yeah, but that's the times we're in. I'll forget music. We just want to hear chat and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But music's great, man. Um, well, we're going to play Conor Oberst and the Mystic Valley Band, which is actually my favourite version of Conor Oberst. Conor Oberst is the guy from Bright Eyes. And recently I discovered that he was on a John Prine cover album. I don't know much about John Prine. But yeah, this song is called A Wedding Day in Funeralville. It's only two minutes long, so if you're using a skip button, it should be pretty easy. And then we're going to have another word from our sponsors, and then I'm probably going to, I don't know, I might start an agony aunt section, because I've been getting some emails asking advice. So, you know, if anyone writes in with any sex advice or food advice or anything like that, 
Ask Us. So this is Connor Oberst and um, whatever that song is called. It's called A Wedding Day in Funeralville. It's a wedding day in Funeralville. Soup spoons on your right. The king and queen will alternate with the refrigerator light. Double boxing on the TV show. The colored kids will sing. Hooray for you. The midnight's oil. Let's burn the whole damn thing. Felicia is my dark horse girl. I'll take her if it rains. She throws a punch upon the host. Says many stupid things. But she ain't so bad when we're all alone. She's just different as can be. She's a part of my heart. Don't you pull us apart. She's like one of the family. Oh no, trouble in the attic. Won't somebody turn on the light? Got so, so many troubles. Can't even tell wrong from right. Gonna cut my hair. Gonna my up to my hat. Say goodnight. It's a wedding day. And funeral bill. What shall I wear tonight? Washington, I cannot find out why Come sit beside me on the swing And watch the angels cry It's anybody's ballgame It's everybody's fight And the street lamp said As it nodded its head It's lonesome out tonight Oh no, trouble in the attic Won't somebody turn on the light Got so, so many trolls Can't even tell wrong from right Gonna cold my hair to my hat, say goodnight. It's a wedding day in Funeralville. What shall I wear tonight? It's a wedding day in Funeralville. What shall I wear tonight? I just want to say one more thing before we finish, little P.S. We're going to put pictures of Annabelle's uh, lobster preparation that happened yesterday on our website, mahoneyinthemoment.com. Um, so, you know, this is on SoundCloud and on iTunes, but check out mahoneyinthemoment.com and you'll see pictures of Annabelle's uh, lobster. And also, we're playing a gig on the 23rd of November, Emily, is that right? And there's, um, yeah, we're, we're playing a, a Neil Young night on the 12th of November at a Slaughtered Lamb, uh, which is going to be fantastic. Um, and we are playing on the 23rd of November, which is a last waltz night at the Monarch in Camden. But... You know, if you're not interested in our music and I understand that, check out Annabelle's Lobsters on um, mahoneyinthemoment.com. And it's goodbye from the tram shed. Um, see you in Vegas. Bonjour. What's wrong, Emily? Sorry, you want us to use our music website to put pictures of a Annabelle? Yep. I think it'll get more attention than the music. Check out our lobsters on our music website. Thank you. But, Emily. Yeah. The curtain is drawing closed. Yeah. One song is taking you out. Yeah. The lights are shining down on you. Tears stream tears streaming down your eyes as the audience loses their mind. What is the song that comes in? Yeah, I can say I've been listening a lot lately to Let It Die by Feist, which is one of her earliest albums. And the actual title track, Let It Die, I think it's a beautiful way to close the podcast. Let this podcast die. And we're done. <laughs> well done.
Of a broken. 